Yeah, I was just so proud of your Albany campus, just to see so many people come to Christ, so many people being added to the family. And you know, this venue is not going to be big enough for what God has planned. Isn't that true? May you grow out of many a facility. May you outgrow many, many services. I just noticed that Peter and Eudora Hammer are here from Centerpoint Church. And I thought, hold on, if you're here and I'm here, then who's running our church? Uh, But it is great to have you guys here. And uh, thank you so much. That's going to work. Fantastic. Hey, I got a word from God for you guys. And uh, um, as I was preparing for this message and preparing for this time together, I was really asking God for a prophetic uh, thought, a prophetic picture. And I shared it this morning with Oceans Albany. And I really feel like this is something that God wants us to get our hearts around. You know, one of my favorite Bible stories is found in Nehemiah, the whole story of of one man who was in the palace and he gets a God vision and a God mission to go to another city to rebuild the walls. And I thought this was quite similar to what's going on here. You know, uh, these guys are in the city of Perth and God puts a burden in their heart, a mission in their heart to go to Albany and to actually rebuild the walls in that city. And those walls had been damaged by the enemy. They had been burnt that had been broken, and this guy gets a burden and a mission. God has called us to extend, to go out of our comfort zone, to leave the good life that we have and actually go and make a difference in another city. And so I thought that was quite uh, similar to the circumstances that we find ourselves in here. I had the privilege of going to Israel and actually going through uh, Jerusalem and This last time that I went, they had just excavated a brand new part of the old city. And they had just dug out the original remnants of some parts of Nehemiah's wall. So I was actually able to walk around some of the wall that had been restored deep down, just some of the base foots, and they reckon some of those stones there would have been uh, from that time. And and they then showed us that the length and the width and the, the whole size of the wall, which would have, it was just quite overwhelming a task, such a massive task to rebuild a wall in the city. One man given this mission and more than that, it was all burnt, it was broken, there was rubble, he didn't have the resource. I don't know if he had any wall training experience, wall building experience. You know, this guy was out there by himself with a call from God and we see that I think within 52 days, Nehemiah and a team had rebuilt the wall across the whole city. Such an amazing feat, right? The city protected again. The city had found hope again. The city was able to rebuild again because of this man. Such a huge uh, accomplishment. And when I was thinking about it, you know, I was thinking, what made it possible? How did it become uh, more than just a vision? How did it become a reality? Was it because the grace of God was on it? Absolutely, the grace of God was on it. Was it because Nehemiah was a good leader, great? 
great communication skills. Yes, Nehemiah was a good leader with great communication skills. But if we look at the Bible, we see what the Bible accredits to be the reason for the success of that wall being rebuilt and that whole city being saved. And it's found in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6. Nehemiah writes, So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height. Why? For the people worked with all their heart. The Bible says the reason the wall was built, yes, God is good. Yes, the grace of God was on it. Yes, Nehemiah is an amazing leader. But I want to tell you the reason why that vision became a reality. I want to tell you why that mission became successful because it wasn't one man, but all the people worked together. They had it in their hearts to build the wall. The New King James Version puts it this way, for the People had a mind to work. And I'm here to tell you it's fantastic that Schaefer and Jess have been called to make a difference in Albany. I am so proud of them. I've been able to watch their journey since he was a youth pastor. I came and did his youth camp in Albany. That was fun. Remember that power of God fell down, people casting demons out, people being filled with the Holy Spirit. That was wild, right? Absolutely wild. And, you know, from there, God's just been adding and adding and adding. And yes, they are amazing leaders. Yes, the grace of God is on this mission. But if we want to see this become a reality, then every single person in this room is going to need to bite in and get involved in this plan. Every Every single person was the reason that that wall was built. We need to understand that good leadership is essential, but willing people makes a church unstoppable. Good leadership's great. Don't get me wrong, we need good leadership. But if we want to see anything happen, if we want to see anything big come to pass, then the people of God need to be willing to make a difference. Every single one, every time, time and time again, God starts with one person, but He loves to use the whole body. And you and I are part of that body. Every single member of this church has a responsibility to outwork this vision that God has both for Perth and for Albany. So today, I want you to know that God wants to build an unstoppable church in Oceans, Perth. He wants to be an unstoppable church in Oceans, Albany. But there are three things that every single one of us in this room needs to grab a hold of if we are to play our part. Here's the first thing. Get your mind ready for change. Get your mind ready for change. Why did that wall get built? Because the people had a mind change. They had a mind to work. They had their expectations changed. Something had to shift. You need to understand that this is not just a little altercation or an alteration of what's going on in your life of your church. But God is actually completely going to change a whole heap of stuff. And if you are anything like me and you don't like change, who here 
doesn't really like change. Yeah? I like things to be just exactly the way they used to be. If you're like me and you don't like change, you're going to have to get used to it. You know, I've come uh, to Ocean's Church uh, in Albany since uh, I was a single man, since I had beautiful black long flowing hair and uh, before I found my beautiful wife and then you know throughout the years I would visit they would ask me to speak and we'd do different things with the church and I'd bring a photo oh this is my fiance Sharon oh, oh this is my wife Sharon oh this is my wife Sharon and my little boy Levi Noah Micah can I tell you my boys are so cute they're semi chocolate babies they're so cute anyone want a good Indian husband I will fix it up you know they're so cute and they, they when they were younger they would jump all over me they'd cuddle me they'd give me kisses now my boys are up here and everything in me doesn't want them to grow up and change because I want to still get guess what too bad they're gonna change anyway whether you like it or not there's a change coming and so if you want to make this change something that honors God, if you want to make this change a successful change where the kingdom of God advances, then you and I have to change our minds. Get our minds ready, expectant for change. In Mark chapter 2, 21 to 22, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and they brought up this question about how Jesus was doing stuff. Jesus, why is it that John the Baptist fasts and prays this much and your guys don't do this? And why is it that those disciples do this? They were expecting Jesus to just add a little bit to the law and just make it sort of his style. But Jesus says to them in Mark chapter 2, 21 to 22, no one sews a patch of unshrunken cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. What is he saying? He goes, you guys just want me to be like all the other teachers. You want me to just put my spin on it? Let's just change this a little bit and call it the NJCV, New Joel Chalaya version. But can I tell you, Jesus says, I'm not here to add to the old and just alter a few things. I'm here to say the old was great, but the old is over. Everlife was great, wasn't it? It was amazing. I mean, the last two years have been an awesome journey of excitement. It was great. But I'm also here to say, hey, we're not about to just patch up Everlife and just add Ocean's Albany to it and change the logo. We're changing everything. You're going to have to change everything. You're going to have to change some of your vision. Where your vision was all Perth, now it's bigger than just Perth. You're going to have to change some of your programs where it was all centric around the city. Now you've got to think country as well. You're going to have to change some of your policies. You're going to have to change some of your programs. You're going to have to change some of your procedures. And some people like me who don't like change are going to go, mm, but I'm here to tell you, get over it. It's going to happen. So instead of sitting there and being the anchor, change your mind. Get it ready for change. 
So they went past the Schaefer and Jess come and go, hey guys, we're changing it. Instead of going, oh, I never thought that would change. I expected that. I expected it to change because God is moving. He's doing something new. And he only pours new wine into new wineskins. And God wants to do something even greater than the previous season. You were faithful in the previous season, so he's promoting you in this season. New wine for this new wineskin. If you agree, say amen. So I want to encourage you, number one, get your mind ready for change. But here's the second thing. After you get your mind ready for change, you need to get your mouth ready to speak life. I remember the first time I got some intercessors together and God had put it on our heart to take on a second campus. You know, and I got the intercessors together and said, guys, the elders and I, we've been praying. We feel like God wants to expand Centerpoint to go from one location to two locations. And we're so excited about it. I want you to just cover us in prayer. And an intercessor pulls me aside and goes, let me tell you this. You're going to burn out. That's the first thing that came out of my encouraging intercessor. I'm like, gee, she goes, I tell you, I'm so worried, Pastor Joel, I think you're just going to burn out. I'm like, please, enough with the encouragement. Go and encourage somebody else. Do you know what? Four campuses later, leading the state on the national executive, I feel stronger and more infused and more full of life than ever before. Don't tell me that I'm going to burn out. If anything, I feel more on fire for God. I feel more called. I feel more in the center of the ministry of God that he has for my life. And I'm telling you, there's more campuses going to be coming out of us. So listen, put a guard on your mouth. Well, how's this going to work? Well, you don't know. Doesn't matter. That's not your problem. It's their problem. They're going to work it out. But instead of letting negativity and death flow out of your mouth, let life flow out of your mouth. Let encouragement flow out of your mouth. This is what I love about the book of Nehemiah. In Nehemiah chapter 2, 17 to 18, Nehemiah gathers all the leaders and he says this to them. You know, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. And then the Bible says these beautiful words. Nehemiah is preaching, hey, we're going to rebuild this city. I know things look bad, but God's hand is on me. God has called us to make a difference in this city and everyone's listening. Then the Bible records in verse 18, they all replied, let us start rebuilding. 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 Not let Shafin and Jess start rebuilding. Let us. Let's do this. We got you. We hear the vision. We see what God's doing in your life. We see that God's multiplying this place. Come on, get your words in line with what the Spirit of God is saying. 
Open your ears and hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Don't let fear and doubt and sometimes even limited logic blind you from the prophetic declaration, God is in this. Put your mouth in line with what the Spirit is saying. Hello. There you go. That was just for dramatic effect. <laughs> Boom. You know what I love about my church? Here's what I love about Centerpoint Church. We're not the biggest church, but we've got a team that says, yes, we can. Sometimes, and you can ask them, I'll come up with some ideas. I'll come up with something that maybe is bigger than we have ever done before or that will stretch us beyond what we've ever been stretched before. And I'll present it. Guys, I've been in prayer and I really feel this. And I know it sounds crazy, but I've got a team around me that says, yes, we can. We can. I don't know how. Let me work out how. But we can do this. We can rebuild. We can do that. That's not impossible. Because if all of you come together, then nothing is, nothing is impossible for God. Look at this. What you've already done in the last few years is impossible for other churches, but it's not been impossible for you. Why is that? Because you said, let us rebuild. Let's do this together. Come on, we can do it. Yeah, sure. You want to do what? Okay, if that's what when you you want to have great food every service. I want to come to your church. That's a big ask. You want us to set up and pack down? You want us to do, uh, what's your connect groups called? Dinner parties. That's, oh, that's a, let us do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. You, you got it from God? You sure you got it from God? Okay. We're doing this. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And when you start to get that sort of speech happening, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. <laughs> Nothing is impossible. I've got this awesome story. 1 Samuel 14, verse 6 to 7 says this. There's a guy called Jonathan, and uh, him and his dad lead the armies of Israel against the Philistine army. And the Philistines are just this massive, strong army. They've got all the weapons. They've got all the warriors. And Israel has the king and his son, the only two people in the whole army with swords. Everyone else has pitchforks and shovels, right? And Jonathan and all these guys are hiding from the enemy. But all of a sudden, the Spirit of God speaks to Jonathan and says, Listen, go and attack that Philistine outpost. And so he gathers his armor bearer and he says, God's spoken to me. And you can just imagine the armor bearer going, Cool, cool. It's like a pre-service meeting. Hey, come here. God's spoken to me. Uh, you and I, yes, well, we're going to... Uh, attack the enemy, yes. You see that cliff? Uh-huh. Well, we're going to climb up that cliff, right? And if we make it without falling and killing ourselves, then on the top of that cliff is a whole outpost of Philistines. Yes. And, and when we get to the top there, I'm going to use my one sword against all of them. And I want you to come behind me and kill them. I don't know, with your foot or your hand or whatever. Whatever you got, some stones or whatever. And we are gonna bring a victory for Jesus cool 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 
Okay, let's just run through that plan again. <laughs> you and I alone climbing up a cliff to meet a Philistine outpost. You've got one sword. You want me to follow behind you and kill them with nothing. Crazy. But hold on a sec, Jonathan. Did you get this from God? And this is literally what this story is about. Jonathan says, come on, let's go over to the outposts of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. I love this. Perhaps. Perhaps God might actually work in our favor. Perhaps not, but perhaps. Right? Perhaps the Lord will work on our behalf because nothing can hinder from the Lord saving, whether by, you know, two or millions. But you know what? We've got two here. And this is what that armor bearer says. Do all that you have in mind. Go ahead. I am with you, heart and soul. I don't know who that guy is, but I want him on my staff. I don't know who that guy is, but every leader in the room says, I want this guy to be my assistant. I'll pay big bucks for somebody to say, listen, mate, you hear from God and I'll back you. I'll run with you. I've got your back. I will protect you. I will serve you. I will run with you. They put their minds in line. They got their mouths in line. And as the musicians come up to help me, here's the third thing. They got their hands ready for work. See, it's not good enough to just go, okay, change is coming. Oh, change is coming. I'm ready for change. I'm ready for change. And then pastor says, hey, listen, we're going to do this. And you're like, yeah, go. Go, Chase. Go, Chase. You go. We're right behind you. Let's see how this goes. No, no, no. Do you want to know how they built that wall in 52 days? Nehemiah 3 begins to list every household, every family, every father, every son, every wife that worked together and put their hands to the plow. They began to work. They began to serve this family, that family, that family, that family, that family, that family. Every single person began to work, began to serve. Come on, we've got a city to rebuild. We've got a wall to rebuild. We've got people to save. No, it's not just your mission. It's not just your mandate. Because I'm in this house, because I'm planted here, it's my mission. It's my mandate. God's not only calling a couple today. He's calling an entire church. He's calling the leadership. He's calling the new Christian that got saved in the last few weeks. He's calling the ones that are about to go to your visitor's party tomorrow night. If you're here and this is your church, then God is calling you to Put your hand to the plow. Now more than ever before, they need you. Now more than ever before, they're going to need leaders to rise up. Put their hand to the plow. If you've been attending Everlife, formerly known as Everlife, and you're not serving yet, now's the time. If you're sitting here, And you're waiting for something to happen, a sign from God, (laughs) ta-da. Sign. This is it. 
I'll just wait before I bring my tithe, before I start forgiving financially. I'll just wait. Hey, listen, you've waited enough. We need you now. We need you to start sowing. We need you to start serving. We need you to start giving. We need you to start speaking right. We need you to get your mind ready for change. Why? Because God's got such a great plan for this church. If you agree with me, say amen. You know, some of you after this service, you need to come up to your leaders and just say, hey, listen, we got your back. We see what you're seeing. Albany will be saved. Perth is going to be saved. And we're actually now looking for what's the next thing even. We got the, we, don't worry, you go. You go and do what you need to do. We'll continue this mandate. Others of you not sure, come on today, say, look, I'm going to embrace change. I'm going to embrace change. Others of you may be a little bit negative in your speech, but how are they going to do that? Are they going to drive five hours every... Don't worry about it. Just speak life. God's in this. All the logistics will work out. That's not your job. Speak life. Pray. Encourage. Would you stand in this place? Come on, let's just play a song for me. I just sense the presence of God here today. God wants to do something quite amazing because he wants you to know that there's no superstars in the kingdom of God. There's no superstars in the kingdom of God. Every one of you is chosen. Every one of you has been called. And more than that, every one of you has been anointed by God to make a difference in this church. And so as we sing just maybe one song, the chorus of one song, would you just begin to lift your hands right now to God? Would you just begin to surrender to him? Would you just say yes to him? There's nothing that I God can do. Let's sing. There's nothing that I God can do. There's not a mountain that he can move. Oh, praise the name who makes a way. There's nothing that I God can do. Let's sing. Come on, you prophesy that. There's nothing that I God can do. There's not a prison wall he can break through. Oh, praise the name who makes a way. There's nothing that I got can do. There's nothing. There's nothing that I got can do. There's not a prison wall he can break through. Oh, praise the name who makes a way. What a powerful song. There's nothing that God can't do. Would you just lift your hands? Come on, Ocean's Perth. Would you just begin to lift your hands right now? I really sense God's putting fresh grace on people here. This is not just a new day for your leaders. This is not just a new day for your church, but God's actually doing something new in your own personal life. This is a new day in your family.
This is a new day for your ministry. This is a new day for your marriage right now. God's breathing life. God's breathing His resurrection power into your life. And as you lift up your hands right now, Father, see every heart surrendered to You. See every heart responding to You right now. Father God, just begin to move. Father, just begin to touch. Father, just begin to breathe fresh life. I speak resurrection power right now. I speak the anointing, breaking chains right now. Right now, let your spirit flow. And I declare that new name, oceans. Father God, waves upon wave of your glory, waves upon waves of your power, just touching hearts, touching lives. We declare there's nothing that God cannot do. There's nothing that is impossible for our God, that He is able to do all things. Father, we come in faith right now. We don't only lift up our church. We don't only lift up our pastors. But Lord, we lift up every area of our life that needs a miracle right now. And we speak, Lord God, resurrection power. We speak your glory. We speak your anointing, breaking chains, new day, new life, miracle power in the name of Jesus. Come on, sing it again. There's nothing that I've got here. 